What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. I'm OK Davis here with you. We're going to get into the World Cup and why Ted Lasso found a way to work its way into the World Cup conversation in a great way. Week 10 in the NFL, great Monday night for my Washington Commanders, although it's bittersweet for me a little bit. The NBA, why Kyrie not only isn't going away, but the conversation may be changing a little bit based on another NBA player that is coming to his defense, for better or for worse. For better or for worse. But first, uh, I want to begin on a very, very sad note how unfortunate it is for the UVA football team and I know it's not related but there's no doubt that you know I wanted to talk about how this show was going to talk a little bit about Pitt playing at UVA this Saturday and winning the game, but then we had the unfortunate news of the shooting down at UVA. Um, Sunday night, three players were shot to death on a school chartered bus that was returning to UVA from Washington, D.C., and they were killed by a former football player from uh, the Cavaliers. Uh, two other students, one was another football player, the other one a non-football player, were also wounded. The player is in critical condition and the, and the student is in stable condition. And uh, it's really unfortunate. It's sickening, um, disturbing on so many ways and for the football team for um, Tony Elliott who's the first year head coach at UVA trying to make sense of what happened, provide comfort for his team, the school. It's just really disturbing. And now uh, the players, Lavelle Davis, Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry... Lavelle Davis Jr. Um, they're no longer with us. And that's really, it's just really sad. Elliot, the coach, Coach Elliot said, quote, you prepare for this job but there's no chapter on something like this. So I'm just trying to figure out how to be strong for these young men. 
the first meeting was really, really, um, and he had a tough time trying to compose himself, and he said, really tough, end quote. The process of grieving will take a long time. And now they have to make a decision if they will play or not play their game against Coastal Carolina on Saturday. Because maybe the players, you want to honor the young men by playing. Maybe that's something they need to do to help heal. That's very difficult. I can only imagine what they are going through. And I feel for the UVA family, uh, the families of the victims. Um, the fa I mean, even for the people who are on the bus that get to live through this. Maybe some of them feel lucky. Some of them feel guilty. Like it's, it's a lot of emotions and I don't wish this on anyone. And it's sad. And it's even more bizarre when I found out that um, the uh, suspect was arrested not far from the neighborhood, the alleged gunman was arrested near Richmond, which is not far from where my family on my father's side is from. Um, and I just, that's tough. That's really just, it's sad. And, uh, mm, mm, mm. Hmm. And I think, no, I don't know the football team in any way. This was the first game I ever watched UVA play was the Pitt game where Pitt got up early, 28 to nothing in the first quarter. Um, I can only imagine the players, maybe they want to play again. Maybe they want to try to put it behind them. And maybe the only way to put it behind them is to continue to play football. And play for their fallen teammates. And their injured teammates. And the other student that's recovery. It was a former player that shot. That killed them. Um, and I'm sure we will learn more about why. Why it happened. It's just sad. It really is. It's even tough to have a show. Like as I was putting up the rundown. Together. And thinking. Uh, what do we do about a show? But sports goes on. Life goes on. And so I thought of, okay, well, what's a positive thing that I can go to that isn't sports the same way you think of it? 
And so, yes, Washington Commanders did beat the Philadelphia Phillies yesterday. But what I wanted to do was something a little more heartwarming, if you will. And I read about Ted Lasso and the billboards going up all around the home cities of the players that are going to the World Cup. The U.S. Men's National Soccer Team, they're going to the World Cup and all of these billboards were put in the hometowns of the U.S. Men's National Team. And I think that's really interesting. I think it's something that you probably wouldn't see that mix of TV and sports, at least not in this way. I think Ted Lasso shows the best of what sports can be in the way the shows are written. And it just, you know, somewhat in jest, but really in a way in the Ted Lasso way to show that that we're rooting for you. And that's really, really, really cool. That's really, really cool. And that's why Ted Lasso is pretty amazing. Now, as we shift to the actual World Cup, in thinking about, okay, Does USA really have a shot? Brazil is favored at plus 350. Argentina is at plus 500. USA isn't even in the top 10. And then I kept going. They're barely in the top 15. They're at 130 to 1 to win the World Cup. 130 to 1. But if you remember me talking before, I was saying that the best thing that I think you can do outside of picking a winner, if you want to pick a winner, great. But I like, at least on DraftKings, they have this winner double double chance. You want to take Argentina or Brazil at plus 175. Brazil or Spain at plus 225. Okay, the odds aren't as good as picking the winner. But you've got some interesting ones. England or Netherlands at plus 400. Brazil or Portugal plus 300. You can hedge your bets. You can also do name the finalists. Brazil and France plus 2,000, 20 to 1. Spain and Germany, 25 to 1. Brazil and Portugal, 25 to 1. There's some good good little prop bets you can make here. Um, the team props to make the final, uh, to reach the final, excuse me, I don't like those as much. Portugal plus 550. Brazil still at the top at, as plus 200. Messi and Argentina plus 250. Neymar and Brazil, they're the favorites. Could look at Germany at plus 450, but they've got odds to reach the semifinals, to reach the quarterfinals, stage of elimination. 
USA stage of elimination, group stage minus 135, round of 16 plus 200, quarterfinals plus 700. That's what I would go with. I would take the quarterfinals at 7-1. to one. Maybe this is a year that USA makes a bit of a run. That's what I would say. But who will win the World Cup? That's that's really tough. I think that there are a number of teams that have a shot. It's almost too many. Too many that have a shot to win it. And so as I'm trying to think about, okay, who's going to make it to the end? Who's going to hoist the trophy at the beginning? I think as much as you think Brazil at plus 350, I think you can look at a final between Argentina and France. Messi leading Argentina to win the World Cup beating France. That would be my pick. And so for the double chance, Argentina or France, that's plus 275. That's my pick. Argentina to win it all at plus 500. Book it. Okay, I'm just saying that for me. I'm going to book it. You don't have to book it. If I have to pick a dark horse, if you will, Spain at eight and a half to one. But I mean, maybe that's not really a dark horse. Maybe a dark horse could be like Portugal, 16 to one with Cristiano Ronaldo. Can he do it? That's actually a darker horse. The Netherlands at 12 to 1. That's a real dark horse. But I think you can bank on USA to make it to the quarterfinals. I'll take that at plus four, plus 400. 4 to 1. I'll take it. I'll take it. What I'll also take is a win yesterday. The Washington football team ending the unbeaten streak for the Philadelphia Eagles. That was exciting. 
The Miami Dolphins, what, the 72 undefeated team, they got their champagne out. They actually should send some champagne to Washington. That's what they should do. Washington won it with time of possession and a running game that wasn't really great, but it did what it have to, had to do. There's no doubt about that. And a couple of lucky plays. I was surprised. I was really surprised that they won that game. I was nervous going into the game, but by halftime, I was like, they got a shot. They've got a shot. A team I thought had the game in hand, as you saw, if you watched the greatness that was the Vikings-Bills game. I'm still, still not going to give Kirk Cousins a lot. I'm not going to say he's great. Even if he and, and Dalvin Cook and Jefferson, who had the catch of the year, one-handed catch of the year with like three Bills around him. But as much as we we gotta give the Vikings some credit, they're eight and one on the season, four and one away. I will still say that the Bills lost that game. That fumble by Josh Allen is inexcusable at the goal line. I don't know what they were doing. I don't know why they didn't do shotgun. I mean, the one yard line trying to do a quarterback sneak, like no. I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. And it came back to bite the Bills and they ended up losing to the Vikings in Buffalo 33-30. The Buccaneers won at the Seahawks in Germany. Casey Phillips was in Germany. Can't wait to hear more from her about what that experience was like. We'll have to catch up soon. Tom Brady inviting the family uh, to uh, Ukraine you know, uh, widows of Ukrainian soldiers. Well, actually, my apologies if I'm saying that wrong. They might not have been widows. They might, their husbands may have just been in the war. Um, but either way, they were honored at the game in Germany. They were invited in the locker room to meet with Tom Brady. But that was a good game. I didn't like hearing, oh, Tom Brady's 2-0 and since the divorce is final. I don't want to go there. But I will say at 5-5, five and five, they're starting to turn their season around as they beat a, a quality Seahawks team, 21-16. The Lions beating the Bears 31-30 in Chicago. That was also disappointing. Justin Fields, he carried 13 times for 147 yards and two touchdowns. You should not be losing at home to the Detroit Lions, who were 0-3 on the road. You had a good lead, up two touchdowns in the third quarter, and the Lions scored three touchdowns in the, in the fourth quarter to edge the Bears 31-30. That just should never happen. It just shouldn't happen. Tennessee Titans beat the Broncos. That's what I expected. Ryan Tannehill returned. Tennessee is pulling, putting it together. And I didn't think they were that good. But I feel like somewhere in my head, I just kind of forgot about them when 
I realized, wait a minute, they're six and three on the season, three and one at home. They're coming together at the right time, and Derrick Henry isn't even that playing that well right now. Or excuse me, didn't play well on Sunday. 19 carries for 53 yards. Chiefs beat the Jaguars as expected. Patrick Mahomes threw four touchdown passes. Dolphins crushed the Browns to a tug of Iowa. Three touchdowns. I mean, they're chanting MVP. Seven and three, four and one at home. When he had the concussion, I just didn't know if he'd ever be back. Certainly not this season, but there he is, right back where he left off. The Giants, 7-2 on the season, beat the Texans 24-16 as expected. I called the game that the Steelers would beat the Saints in Pittsburgh. T.J. Watt returns. The Saints, eh, they got something to work out. Najee Harris, I don't think he's having a great season, but he sneakily had almost 100 yards, 20 carries and 99 yards. Not bad. Not bad. Colts. Beat the Raiders. It was Jeff Saturday's first game. He put Matt Ryan back in as a starting quarterback. There's a lot of talk controversy around the hiring of Jeff Saturday. Bill Cowher saying it was a disgrace. You know, there was some piece, some minorities talking about, oh, it's white privilege for Jeff Saturday to be coach in high school. Okay, he played in the NFL. He played for the Colts. He was on television. Then all of a sudden, he's just coaching the Colts one day. It's like a tongue twister. Coaching the Colts one day. But I think realistically what it was is that Jeff Saturday had the ear of Jim Irsay for a while. Telling him what's going wrong, what what he likes, what he's seeing. And sure enough, he gets the first win as the head, his first win as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. But the flip side of that was the meltdown and how emotional, maybe some fair call it meltdown, but how emotional Derek Carr got after the game. Speculating to whether he was saying that the coaches put him in a bad position or if some of the players aren't given 100%. But that just seemed uncharacteristic of Derek Carr to show that kind of emotion after a game. But the Raiders are awful. They're 2-7 and seven on the season. They're worse than the Colts. And I thought the Colts were having a bad season. But the Raiders are worse. The Raiders are worse. Cardinals beat the Rams. Rams not looking good. Not only are the Rams 3-6 and six on the season as the defeating Super Bowl champs, this is not the kind of season you want to see after you won a Super Bowl, but now it looks like Cooper Cup may be done for the season. He's on my fantasy team as well, and that's the end of that. I don't see the Rams turning it around this year. Cardinals aren't really that much better, but four and six isn't bad. They're getting close. I thought the Cowboys had the game in hand against the Packers. They were up 14 points in the third quarter. But the Packers come back to tie it up in the fourth quarter and then win it on a field goal in overtime. You know I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan. To see him yelling at his head coach towards the end of that fourth quarter, cursing at him, 
I just think he's disrespectful and just I just don't just don't his vibe is just wrong. And I'm also bummed out because I'm like the Packers are stuck with him. They're stuck with him. But so it goes. I don't know if much is going to change. Aaron Rodgers is who he is. And that's just it. He's not going to get any better. He isn't. But they get a big win. I think they were left almost, like their playoff hopes were almost done. They were going to be 3-7 and seven on the season. But they save their season with a big win at home. 49ers beat the Chargers. That's about what I expected. Nothing major there. Nothing major there. Every week, I feel like it just seems like the the teams are, you're learning something new about your team. Unexpected wins. I feel like I probably said this last year, but there's more parity in the NFL, it seems like. Even though the Vikings are 8-1, I don't know. Let's see them in prime time. That's what I want to see. The Bills were riding high. They're coming back down to earth. Cowboys came back down to earth. A lot of teams a lot closer to 500, a game away from 500. The Chiefs, I mean, Chiefs, I can't believe the Giants are at the top of the NFC East. Some of these teams that are at the top, i just not buying them, really. I feel like it's almost like, now you just got to wait till the end of the season. Let's see where they are at the end of the season. Let's see where they are at the end of the season. I wish for the NBA... That in some ways we could fast forward to the end of the season. Because there's some things that are just not looking good. And I think this Kyrie Irving situation is just going to continue to get worse. And... KD's going to end up asking to leave the team again. I think that to be the case. And now we have... I was waiting to see when the tables were going to turn somewhat. And the Celtic star Jalen Brown says he found it finds it alarming how Nets owner Joe Sy is handling the Kyrie Irving suspension. Joe Sy told the Post, Irving still has work to do. Quote, unquote, work to do. Jalen Brown said in a tweet, this response is alarming for multiple reasons. 
And this is what he said. Sai's response was alarming to me. He didn't say the organization was working together to get Kyrie back on the floor. He said that Kyrie had more work to do. And our society has more work to do, including Joe Sai. It's 2022. It takes 10 minutes of time to see who these business owners, corporations, etc., who they're associated with and who they're doing business with and who they're affiliated with. I'm Vice President of Unit. It's part of my job to protect our players legally and to see co-founder and chairman of Nike, Phil Knight, first come out and condemn Kyrie and also see Joe Sai says he has more work to do. I think it's time for a larger conversation. I think in many ways it is uncharted territory. I think what Kyrie Irving has brought to the attention of the league and what they should be doing. There's no doubt that anti-Semitism is wrong, wrong, wrong. But there's a lot that uh, that today there's a lot going wrong in the world. There's a lot of countries or a number of countries, excuse me, that should and could be in trouble for human rights violations that are not. Will you address those? That's what the larger conversation is about. And my guess is you won't. All you want is for Kyrie to just take back what he said and say he's not an anti-Semite. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't do that. But I was in some ways wondering when it was going to happen that someone else was going to say, yeah, but there's some other things going on in the world we could also be condemning and focusing on as well. And we're not. Either because we're in business with that country or that person. Right? In the end, the league is all about money. And no, they don't want to really admit it. They don't want to say it, but it's true. It's 100% true. It'll be interesting to see if they can have this larger conversation. I don't know if the league wants to have a larger conversation. It's not shut up and dribble. But I definitely think it's uh hey, let's uh let's just cool it. Let's cool it. There's some unfortunate things that happen in the league on the court as well. Um, that I think will change the outlook for some teams, maybe for a little bit. Grizzlies Desmond Brain, excuse me, Grizzlies Desmond Bain is out at least two weeks, maybe three with a toe sprain. The Nuggets Nikola Jokic enters health and safety protocol. 
Zion Williamson is out again, but Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back for the Pelicans. Chris Paul is still out. The Lakers are so bad, everybody start talking about, ooh, who should they be traded to? I think some teams are rising back to the top. The Hawks, the Sixers are back at seven, uh, excuse me, 500. The Heat are back at 500. The Brooklyn Nets are two games out of 500, and that's even with Kyrie, who's missing his seventh game. In the Western Conference, Phoenix has fallen to the fifth spot. They were riding high in the beginning. Clippers are two games over 500. I think the Western Conference is more about where it should be and you think it will be, whereas I think there are more changes to happen. If I took a snapshot of the Eastern Conference, I would say there's some things that are going to change here. Celtics, Bucks, Hawks, Cavs, Wizards, Raptors, Sixers, Heat, Pacers, Knicks are the top 10 teams. Bulls and Nets are out. I think you can see Bulls and Nets rising, but between the other teams, who's going to fall out? It'll be interesting to see who's going to fall out. In the Western Conference, I think it's about where it's going to be. Trailblazers, Nuggets, Jazz, Grizzlies, Suns, Mavs, Clippers, Pelicans, Kings, and Warriors. Who can you say is on who's on their way out? Timberwolves a playoff team? Eh, maybe not. Spurs? No, but they are 6-8. Thunder? No. Lakers 3-10, they're done. Rockets 2-12, they're done. I think the West is set. Maybe a little juggling. You know, a team going up or down. But I think this is about this is about where I expect the Western Conference to shake out. I'm enjoying the NBA, but I'm not quite as into it as I was last year. I'm watching the games, but not like full games anymore. Not the same way. You just got too much going on. I'm working. Maybe that's what's happening. It's still fantastic. It's still fantastic. Let me get up here and watch get ready to watch some TNT. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jim O.K. Davis. Enjoy your week. Thoughts and prayers with the UVA family. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today.